Okay. <laughs> We're just waiting for the other to start. I no, I had an opening I wanted to talk about. So, um, we got a we got a topic set up. Um, a little behind the scenes for everyone that listens, right? Mm-hmm. Normally, uh, we record on a Thursday, but if we don't have a topic by Tuesday, we start spitballing, right? Mm-hmm. So then I said, "Hey, Chad," and then you said, "Hey, Cameron." I said, this is Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron Chad, and this week, we should talk about what our idea for a Ghostbusters sequel would be. We did have this conversation, yes. And then you said that you've, you don't watch those movies, so you can't do that. And I said, okay. Yeah, that, that's a good paraphrase of the conversation. I would, no, I would that, sign off that on that. No, that is a word for word. That was the length of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a paraphrase. <laughs> paraphrase is two phrases and we had two phrases between us <laughs> it was a paraphrases yeah um so i want to i want to share my idea for a ghostbuster sequel is that okay. they're there and they do it's the ghost and they woo and they, they dance the song oh i i didn't realize you were only gonna put that much work into it I and mean, you I couldn't even that. muster that i guess not i i really don't I've seen the Ghostbusters movies, it's just been a long time, and I don't remember, like, anything about them other than I kind of enjoyed them when I was a kid, and was like, hey, cool, Ghostbusters! Dude, I love Ghostbusters so much. I got, I, I like, I like the, um, I like the 2016 one that was bad. I like that I, one, I remember I that one I still enjoy it. I like the game launch. that was, like, the actual Ghostbusters 3, that, like, it was like a script they couldn't get off the air, or off the ground, I mean. And what was the other thing? I like, um... There's the cartoon. The cartoon is fun. I like the comics. Um, there's a lot of stuff. I play the Pokemon Go ripoff. They had a... I don't they know had if a, I know that one. Yeah, they had a Pokemon Go Ghostbusters, where you'd go around the city, and, like, there's a ghost here, so you gotta capture it. And it's like, you know, that, that concept translates pretty well. You know, it's kind of cute. But, uh... It's a weird franchise because I feel like it's overblown. Sure. Um, I I feel like I appreciate the movies for being cute comedies, but there's people that like treat it like it's the best comedy, and it's like no, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I would be in that camp probably if I watched them again. <laughs> you know, they're fun movies. They 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 have that charm of like the '80s when all those other movies came out, and they have that same kind of. You know they're good. You, you enjoy them, and then you, you they're over, and you're like, man, that was a good time eating popcorn. Like I'd be fine with getting drunk with you and watching Ghostbusters, right? That to me sounds like a good use of two hours or whatever. Well, we should do that sometime. I feel like we have a long list of movies we need to watch when you come over. Um, you you should write them down because I'm gonna actually come over, and we won't remember a single thing, and we'll watch like I'm gonna guess. Um, I don't know. Well, we were gonna watch a Neil Breen movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> do you dare? I don't know. I thought we were gonna do <laughs> Twisted Pair, but then in, I guess I would leave that up to you since you've seen more of his movies. <laughs> well, it's like it, Twisted Pair is an interesting thing where with Neil Breen, I feel like you really have to be in the spirit to enjoy a Neil Breen, right? So that's more on you because it's it's a beast that you recognize. <laughs> so you have to gauge it. You know, you did you did watch a good chunk of Fateful Findings. Yeah, and even and that was difficult. Like it was enjoyable, but man, he's definitely an auteur. 
But, you know, yeah, we'll have to make a list, because I know, like, I talk about this with Jean-Luc, Emily, and Alex, too, where it's like, what movies do I want to subject you guys to? And for them, it's sort of easy, because they have very different standards for movies, so I'm like, oh, I want them to watch Ninja Assassin, because that movie's fucking stupid, and they'd probably hate it, but it would be fun. Whereas with you, I feel like we have to watch stuff... I don't know what we... I don't know what the criteria is, like, other than good hangout movies... And I'd almost watch some, want to watch something we've seen just so we can, like, talk over it and not feel bad. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh... I, my taste in movies is horrid, isn't it? Um, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I I can't tell did, if mine's any better, right? Like, Did I ever tell you about the time that, um... Remember Matt and Kyle and Taylor from our D&D game? Yes, I hope they're all doing well. I haven't talked to them in a while. So Matt wanted to introduce me to Taylor, and I hadn't seen Kyle in a while. So it's like, oh, why don't you come up here for drinks? And so we went up, and we had mead. Did I tell you this story? This is familiar, but I don't remember how it ends. So I had a lot of mead, right? And it's like, <laughs> boy, isn't that nice? And it's closing time, so we're out back, and we're like, we, we leave the bar, but it's kind of like, you know, I need to, I need to kill some time before I get in a car. Um, and, and so it's kind of like, well, yeah, let's just talk for a bit. So we're in the alley behind the bar and I'm drunkenly, (laughs) I'm literally just like acting out the entirety of Santa Claus and the ice cream bunny, (laughs) which is, is that a movie you've seen? No, but that name of it is funny. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like a Cameron movie. So have you ever heard of Pirate's World? I think we might've talked about Pirate's World, but I don't remember anything. My memory is garbage. So, Pirate's World is, like, a really bad little uh, amusement park. Okay. I'm curious if I look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, it was it was open for, like, five years in the 70s. <laughs> like, they, they had this concept of just going, like, a whole hog on the whole idea, right? Okay. So, the marketing idea, they had the park built, and it's like, we got to get kids to love it, though. So, it's more than just a roller coaster, it's more than just some place to go on the weekend. Like, we want kids to want to come here. So they were forcing these mascots, and they would sell, like, promotional movies. So it'd be like, hey, Pirate's World presents a fun movie that your kids will just love, right? Sure. And, but it's like they didn't they didn't have, like, the Disney studio behind it. So it's like, how do you make a Disneyland movie to make someone come to your Disney park? Uh, hire a writer? Come up with an idea. No, no. You know what? Let's do Thumbelina. That's that's public domain, right? So they did this movie about Thumbelina. And then like the year after that, they did a movie about pirates. And the year after that, they're running out of budget. So it's like, well, let's just recycle the Thumbelina footage. Uh. So they made this movie called Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny where Santa Claus gets stranded on the beach because his sleigh only works on snow, not sand. And he gets separated from his reindeer, so he can't fly away. And so he calls for all the children to help him. And all the children show up, and Huck Finn is there for some reason, Tom Sawyer. Um, And it's weird, because he sings this, like, warbly mumbled song, where it's like the Santa Claus sounds like he's drunk. So he's like, there's no melody. And he's like, children of the world, come to Santa Claus. And it's like, what is going on? And 
I remember singing this out loud, like I'm belting this out. It's in like the, the alley. pedophile version of the spirit bomb. Yeah, it, no, it really was. It, children around the world were like compelled by magic to leave their homes and come. Like there is a bizarre. <laughs> like you literally, you see kids like playing in the park and they're throwing a frisbee, and then they all get distracted and ignore the frisbee and like wander off like zombies because Santa That's Claus terrifying. is summoning them. It's scary. And I'm singing this song, doing my impression of the weird mumbling in the alley behind a bar at midnight. And I remember Taylor leaned over to Matt and he's like, I can't understand a word he's saying. And Matt was like, no, no, he's doing it right. Because <laughs> <laughs> Matt's watched this movie before. So he's like, he's laughing at the fact that I recall all of this. Yeah. And so basically all the kids show up and they have this idea to what if they tie a horse to the sleigh and that can pull it. That doesn't work. So they, they tie a dog to the sleigh, but that doesn't work. And then they tie a gorilla to the sleigh and that doesn't work. Where the so fuck all the they kids get a are, gorilla? I don't know. Um, the kids are all depressed, right? So they sit down and they're all sad. And Santa's like, "No, children, don't don't give up. Uh, just remember Thumbelina." And he starts telling the story of Thumbelina, and it just like fades to the already done movie. Really? Which is <laughs> what's great is the narrative device within the Thumbelina movie. Like it opens with the full credits. They don't even pretend that it's a fluid part of the movie. Wow. And <laughs> what's great is it's about this teenager is at the amusement park and she's at Pirate's World just riding the rides. And she goes to the Thumbelina exhibit where it's like a series of dioramas with a speaker like telling the story. So you can like walk around and look at the little diorama boxes. Mm-hmm. And it fades to her in the box and she acts out the story of Thumbelina. So it's literally just a demonstration of the exhibit at the park through the eyes of someone at the park being described to children by Santa Claus on a film from the 70s that I'm drunkenly remembering. There's a lot of layers. It, there's a lot of layers, and I think that's some of the magic that, that led to the laughs we had that night. I kind of like you, you discover like the weird shit that exists, and you're just like, yeah, but how though? Like why? Like people were involved in this. Some money exchanged hands, and it shouldn't have. Well, that's where the fascination comes from. Yeah, like that's part of why I love these things. Like Neil Breen makes these terrible movies, and it's like, wow, he did this all by himself. Mm-hmm. Like wow, that's a lot of effort and lack of self awareness for one man. But it's like you get it though because he's he he's self funding everything to to some degree, right? Like. It, it's not like he has to appeal to his uh, corporate overlords and meet, uh, you know, these uh, room expectations and, and focus testing and whatnot. He's just making whatever dumb script he wrote. Whereas, like, this was like, no, we have an amusement park. We want to do the Disney thing, but with no money. How do we do it? Poorly. And then it's sort of like, well, we need to keep doing this. You, make this work. And then they just, like, pointed to an intern who's like, I guess I'll just, like, cut together this and, and you know, Windows Movie Maker. And call it good. And that guy got paid for this. And I, it, is just, it's just, it is fascinating that that's how that happened, right? Like, well, probably not like that. But, you know, there's some equivalent do. And money exchanged hands. And I'm guessing there was not a big return on investment for this. I'm sure. I, you know what? I'm not sure. Sometimes I wonder if these were, like, uh, money laundering scams or tax evasion <laughs> things like well and that could be a thing too yeah that's a good point that's the other part some of these movies get made with intent 
mm-hmm. and that almost makes it more interesting because it's like it's almost like you're watching an actual version of Ocean's Eleven where it's like, oh, this is one part of their 4D chess game. Yeah. And if we could find the one clue where they slipped up, we could track them down and find out what the next clue is. Like, it almost feels like an adventure to watch this, like, garbage. Well, isn't that, wasn't there, I think, a couple years ago, like, there's a Scooby-Doo movie that was really bad, and people were like, why did this get made? And it's like, well, it's just sometimes the studios need to put out a shitty movie to pay actors, and, like, then they tax write it off, and it's fine. Like, they have, like, these quota of, we have to release this many movies, and so they pick one, and, like, oh, people might go see Scooby-Doo, it's Scooby-Doo. And and it's just uh, so there was an Adam laundry. Sandler movie. Do you remember Jack and Jill? I do. I never saw it, but I remember like the previews for it. So I I watched Red Letter Media did a video of it where they were gonna review the movie, but they were so astounded how bad it was that they started doing research into it and they found out what the budget for the movie was. And on top of the budget, there's like an egregious amount of um product placement, and there's also like. Adam Sandler's friends show up, but they're always there for, like, one scene, and it happens to be the scene they're filming in Hawaii. And it's, like, the the more layers you chip away at, it's like, oh, this is just an excuse for Adam Sandler to to pay his friends to hang out with him. Like, I feel like he's been on the record and said that, though. Like, yeah. At a certain point, he's like, yeah, I make a lot of stupid movies with my friends, and we have fun. Yeah, that's that's literally, like, what some of these movies are. But they're marketed, like, you guys are not going to believe it. Jack and Jill, look at them on the screen, they're telling jokes, you're going to love it. And it's almost like, you know, I, I know the intent is to make some of the money back, but <laughs> it's it kind of bums me out that they, like, lie to people and say it'll be funny. Yeah. I, I It's sort of like, well, the attempt is to try to make some money back, and it's like, you could have just not made the movie. Like, you could have, like, wrote a good <laughs> yeah. script and made a good comedy <laughs> with Adam Sandler. He is capable of acting, I've seen him do it. Uh, Hollywood's a weird business. Yeah, it, it, um... God, I feel like every once in a while I learn something new about Hollywood, and you're like, that's that doesn't make any fucking sense, what is wrong with this? And I wish I could recall these things, but as we've been over, my memory sucks. And so I'm like, I remember this one time, and then tell a story with no details, and it's like, oh, I wasted five minutes, congratulations. So we won't do that tonight. Yay. Sorry. Okay, I was paying my water bill this week, dropping that off at City Hall, and someone comes up to me and starts talking to me like she knows me. And she does. She clearly did. She knew my name. She's like, oh, it's been so long. How you doing? And I think, I think it was my second grade teacher. But I have no idea. And the only reason I think that is because she had kind of a distinct voice. But she was wearing a mask, which didn't help. And and, and just oh, like. Oh, well, yeah. It, it was so, I, I, every time this happens to me, it sticks with me for like days. Where I'm just like, who was this mysterious person? Is this important? Should I like, you know. And it, it was largely just a, hi, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm working here, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's nice. Have a good day. Um, but I'm, if I don't see someone for a while, I typically, like, you know, I'm not great with names or faces, but if this is, like, legitimately my second grade teacher, like, one, how the fuck did she recognize me? <laughs> you know, some people can just remember faces. I certainly cannot. No, I know I cannot I'm, either. I'm bad with faces, and I'm bad with names. So sometimes I'll recognize, like, oh, you're a person from my past. And the, then the ice cream bunny showed up, and I remember that part very well. I'm still blown away that someone, not not in, not in the department I work in, but in a different one, like, I went to high school with her, uh, because, like, I vaguely recognized her when I first saw her there. But I was like, oh, I mean, she could just have one of those faces, right? 
And then she confirmed that, no, we went to high school together. And I still do not remember going to high school with her. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Things are weird. Yeah, things are pretty weird. Um, I have a thing. I'm not sure if there's a word for it. But it's almost like Autism. a... No, it's like a it's like a form <laughs> of a memory that's like focused on uh on like pessimism and negativity. Like oh, I, I feel rem- like a lot of people have that. I can remember anything bad that's happened to me, and I don't remember happy memories. You know what I mean? That's fair. And it's like I I I saw somebody at the grocery store once that was from my old job, and he recognized me. This was, I want to say, five months after I left, so not even that long ago. Sure. And he recognized, like, oh, hey, Cameron. And I'm like, hey. And I nod. And it's like, say, say, talk a little more. It might jog my memory. And he's like, yeah, nice seeing you. And he left. And it took me, like, a day to remember that. Oh, I remember that guy. Meanwhile, like, at the at the same grocery store, like, a week later, I saw someone else from work that I hate. And it's like, man, I if you got if you get near me, I'm punching you in the throat. Like I am like glaring at him. <laughs> and it's like I can remember every conversation I've had with him. Like he's the reason I almost like walked out and quit like five different days. Like it is like it would so the funny part is these two guys work in the same department. Oh god. And I think that I have like if you if you were to time how much time I've spent interacting with them, it would tie. Like there's no reason for me to remember the the guy I don't like more than the guy that I had a good time with. Sure. But honestly, it's like, oh, he's not my problem anymore. That information is out of my head. I don't need it. But if that other guy ever shows his fat bald head again, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like like if I think back to like middle school and elementary school, most of the memories I have are not good ones. And so when people are like, oh, you know. Remember the best time we were kids having all this fun? It's like, no. I remember people being extremely mean and uh, and, and being fairly miserable. I wasn't a miserable kid. It's just those are the ones that have, like, stuck with me. Uh, High school also, but that was more recent, so I can remember, like, better things from high school. And I think high emotional things stick with you more than others, right? So, like, if you just have, like, an okay time with someone for ten years but have, like, a really shitty time with someone for two years, you're going to remember that guy more because it's just, he made you, you know, got got all the chemicals in your head going real real hard. And I, I think it's just kind of that. I'm not a doctor, though. I don't know. So I sent you that Ice Cream Bunny movie. Yeah, and it's, like, really poorly cut together. Like, like, yeah. the, like, the, like, these kids are doing stuff, and then it, like... It just seems like it stops, and I feel like the YouTube video stuttered, but it's not. It's just trying to show no, the magic. Yeah, Santa's magic can, like, freeze time as he psychically reaches out to children all across, um, I'm gonna say Pennsylvania, or wherever the fuck this is filmed. I like the film after the first 20 minutes transitions into a Thumbelina remake. <laughs> a film the director R. Wiener had made two years earlier. That's great. Uh, so anyways, I'm glad I could delight you with the the concept of me standing in a dark alley behind a beer or behind a bar describing this to someone who, and bear in mind, Matt saw it, Kyle and Taylor have not seen it, I had no idea what I was talking about. That sounds right. So it's like, I, I can only imagine how they felt. <laughs> how did they, you get Matt to sit through that? What? Like, I'm guessing Matt watched it with you. Oh, it was classic. We went to a Rift Tracks Live. Oh, Okay. 
Um, no, yeah, this is intolerable without their jokes. And I'm going to be honest, with their jokes, I still don't recommend this to everyone. Because it is really... I Okay, so I got the... Uh, we went to Rift Tracks Live. Boy, what a delight. Haha, that was fun. At Rift Tracks Live, they always give you like a goodie bag code where it's like, okay, go to this URL after the show and you get like free things. And for this one, you actually got the digital copy of the show. So it's like, oh, that's cool. I can, like, Richard couldn't make it this year. So I can just show him what he missed out on. I'll honestly, I'll watch it again. This is so fun. So I took it at his place. He fell asleep. As soon as Thumbelina started, he like drifted off to sleep, right? Okay. He woke up, I want to say, like, 30 minutes later. He, like, stirred us awake. He's like, what? What? Is it still Thumble? Oh, my. And he went to sleep again. Ah. Uh. Like, that's how bad it was. I'm not, like, kidding. <laughs> it's He loves Mr. Science Theater maybe more than I do, and this movie drained him. It, it looks, just that, like, 30 seconds I watched was, one, unbearable, and two, I, I, I just... I don't know how you could make that better. Like, you would need to be in a live setting making fun of it. Like, I can see that working, right? Because you're just surrounded yeah. by people and energy to keep you, you going. You need to have, like, a friend with you that you're at least joking with. Um, Sure. It's it's rough. I think I think I showed this to Renoki, and he also bailed halfway through. He was, like, not <laughs> not hooked. I think we I think we fast forwarded to the part where Thumbelina was over just so that he could see that Santa Claus was still in the movie with Santa Claus in it. Right, right, right. I think and and Neil Breen's kinda hard, right? Like we watched a super cut of him on the show. It was like a forty five minute version of that movie. And like by the end I was pretty fidgety and being like, God, is this almost over? <laughs> yeah, and with Twisted Pear, it's kind of interesting because it's maybe his most coherent film. And I almost don't know if that hurts that if that hurts or helps it right because there's an element of it where at least you understand kind of where it's going with faithful findings i feel like there's times where characters are introduced and a conflict happens and you never get resolution to the conflict yeah like the wife shoots her husband and frames it as a suicide and that's at like the halfway point in the film and you never see those characters again this is true and this is after the daughter, like, stripped naked and was walking through his house. And he was like, don't do that. And you never see her again. And it's like, okay, was this going somewhere? Or or what? Like, <laughs> why was any of this in the movie? I do want to watch a Neil Breen movie with you, though. I think that would be really on brand, and I think it would be fun, and we'll just, we'll get vodka or something, I think, right? Like, we'll I think make we it should work. watch, uh, we should watch Double Down. Okay. Because I think that's a little more palatable because he's not quite as tryhard and he's not quite as pretend philosophical. Like he gets there, but it's not beyond pretentious. Does he eat like cat food out of a car or have a yeah. thousand cell phones? Yeah. Awesome. He does both those things. This is why, this is what I'm here for, Nobri, and I want to see how many fake cell phones you have. Okay. So we'll, we'll watch Double Down. Um,. I like Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny, and I, I recommend anyone go to RiffTracks.com and watch the trailer, and maybe try it yourselves, but watch the trailer first. I think that's a, that's a safe recommendation. Get your feet wet before you commit. Yeah. We, we've, been, we've been having fun doing new things, though, didn't you? Uh, you had a good time last weekend. Yeah, we, we did some VR again. We're going to do another... Uh, and, well, I just, like, totally my mouth died there for a sec. So, 
The ongoing story is that VR sometimes makes me sick and I don't like it. Well, last weekend on Sunday, we jumped back in, and we actually did stuff that was, one, really fun, and two, did not totally make me ill. Uh, the, f- the first place we went to was rough. I didn't, didn't, didn't enjoy that, the, that weird house. That when, when I found the backstory on it, that turns out it's not really a house. It was like a church turned into a warehouse, and the guy's just like living there, so there's rooms. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Like It is probably like this weird crack den, and he's like selling things he stole from a pawn shop or whatever. But it makes sense, right? Like, like the layout does. Um, I don't know what it was about that place that, like, moving around in there gave me some serious vertigo. It was bad. Well, it's all blurry. the The resolution on the photos are so bad. Um, if you get close to anything, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a very like ominous building. Like, even just the fact that like it looks like shit and everything's like, you know, really worn down. But just the how cramped everything is because it's like trying to turn there's just too much stuff in there for one thing right and then it like well, parts of it look like a house and parts of it look like a warehouse and you're like seeing like exit signs and fire extinguishers because and it's just, what is this weird place of murder it, it's also a maze where it feels like you're playing like a horror video game that's procedurally generated where there's a part where you go upstairs there's like a warehouse area with boxes and you go, you walk past it, you walk downstairs and turn a corner and there's a urinal on the wall. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't a house. It just isn't, you know, like you, you, you have a weird sensation being there. You know what would be neat is if they took that and like combined it with like assets from PT, like the music or something. Yeah. Because I think that would work really well. Like it's really bright, but it's like, like you said, there's like, there's this uncanny valley aspect to it, partly because it just, the resolution's so bad, but you just. Nothing makes sense where it's located, and so it's like you're in some weird Dr. Seuss thing, and but, you know, pyramid heads around the corner instead of a fun, wacky character. But that but was, it was fun. It was for, neat to for, see. Yeah, for what it is, <laughs> it's like, I think everyone should see it once, and you'll go, whoa, and you'll leave when you're done. Yeah. Um, then we went to the room, the, the roof. Yeah, so talking about bad movies, um, it's like the roof scene from the room, and I love how... Did you get close to the wall? If you got too close to the edge, the green screen effect would, like, dither out. Yeah, that was really cool. That was hilarious. Um, th- There's a football there on the roof. And so we were playing football. <laughs> we were catching, we were tossing the ball around, the old pigskin. That was, okay, I, and that was annoying. Like, I could catch the football really well. I could not get it to throw. I kept just, like, spiking it at the ground. Or, and I tried to underhand, and Joe's like, did you follow through enough? And I was like, maybe not, because I didn't want to hit anything. Yeah, I couldn't catch it. There was a weird thing where, like, I would see you throw it, right? And a little bit after it leaves your hand, it's like it would it would uh, lag out, and then I'd see it at my at my feet. Sure. And it's like, oh, okay. It was like, it's a, the internet part of it was not super in sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once in a while it would work, and there was something kind of magical about being on the roof scene <laughs> from the room and throwing a football and catching it and and just hanging out. It was neat. It was uh, not what I expected we would do, and I, I've definitely enjoyed just the weirdness of it. And the fact that like it was decently put together, like there was definitely like care put into this uh, weird reenactment. Yeah, um, we all we all took turns acting out the scene because the door opens and there's a water bottle, so you can throw the water bottle. 
It was funny because I think Renoki was playing like a, a tall character at the time, like like a Dark Souls character, and he just like couldn't fit in the damn door, so he's like clipping through. And like it... just the, that part was really hysterical <laughs> to me. It's all it, yeah. It's so it's super jank. Um, all the funny avatars are just funny for the sake of being funny at this point. Mm. Um, but you wouldn't say the line. You wouldn't do it. No, I don't want to. Why don't you act? I don't want to act. Why won't you? It's easy. That's stupid. I don't like it. Why don't you like to act? Because when I was in fourth grade, our class, uh, we had to like do some weird little play and go do it to all the classes because it was a small little little elementary school. And I remember the first time I did my line as my character and people laughed and I thought they were laughing at me instead of, and so I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. And ever since then, I haven't. Yeah, I had a really bad acting experience in fourth grade. And that actually kept me away from it for a long time. 30 years! Not quite 30, like 26. Yeah. Like, honestly, I kind of wonder what my life would be like if I just went to a different school. Hmm. You know? Because I also, I mean, I, I think I shared that story about how I wasn't so good with the the reading either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in hindsight, I wish I went to a school instead of a daycare. Sure. Um. See, the, the, but, the, I went to a, a Catholic uh, K through six school, and so like it was expensive. The education was was apparently like the best in the area. That's why the, my parents wanted to send me there. And I feel like they did a good job, like, teaching me how to read and spell and do math and whatnot, right? Like, but it was also very small classes, very insular. Um, we had to go to church every day. And, and so, like, there was definitely maybe a little bit of, like, social stunting that went on. It, like, is the trade-off. Because then we get to the public school and, like, now our class is 100 people. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this many people. This is weird. And it all went downhill from there. You you listen to Mega sixty four. Do you remember that dance story that Sean tells? Oh God, I remember a dance story. I don't remember the, he, all the details. Um, in in his like early school years, he went to a private school and it was like arts focused. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. like at and, at some point, his parents took him out of that and put him in like a normal school. Yeah, he's like Wins dance class. Yeah, and everyone laughed at him. They sell Wins dance class shirts. I literally I own one. <laughs> Because it's actually a cool shirt, nice. but knowing the story behind it's kind of funny too. That was a good story. I love Sean. I felt bad too. Like, like I like the idea that like he took a weird class, but he really enjoyed it, right? Like, and dancing's an art form. It's one I don't get. We've been over that, but like, like good for him. And then all of a sudden, now he gets laughed at, and it's like that's something that beats it out of you, man. Like you have a bunch of people like just open faced mocking you for something, and you're like, I guess I don't like this anymore. Like. That's, well, yeah. that's how you develop a complex. Yeah, so that's why I want you to overcome your fear and read the line. I don't want to read the fucking line. You gotta, you gotta do it. Try me next month when I'm drinking again. I'm, I'm trying to get the line here. You know what? I've never actually seen what this shirt looks like. That I like is it. A, that is a funny shirt. I like it. <laughs> that's good. You gotta read the line now. No! We're not doing this. I'm just gonna be uh, now. I'm just doing this to be stubborn. You're no fun. See, this is what this is the fun of playing VR chat with Chad. 
is went all the way to the rooftop scene from the room, then he wouldn't say the line. Yeah. <laughs> we, then we went wee bowling. Then we went wee bowling. That was so much fun. It was so cute. It was both really well set up and really poorly set up at the same time. There was an element of jank. Uh, mostly, I was impressed with how it did work. Yeah. Uh, Renoki and I found a different bowling alley that I feel like they put more programming care into, but the act of actually getting the ball to roll all the way down the lane was a little hard. Oh, sure. Like, it would just lose momentum. It was kind of weird. The Wii Bowling one, it was smooth as silk. Until it wasn't, but... (laughs) Yeah. It was funny, because it kind of had to do with that football thing, right? Like, trying to get the ball to roll. Like, I had a couple that were perfect, and they went straight, and it's like, that is exactly what I wanted to do. And then I had a couple that I thought I did that exact same thing, but I threw it way up in the air and went through a TV. Because there's these big, like, TV monitors on either side. And, uh... To, to, the, to its credit, you could break them, and that was fun. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one too. of those, like, it, trying to figure out the exact motion. It's like, I know how to roll a bowling ball somewhat straight, but, you know, there's no weight, and there's no... hard. It's so hard to tell where you are, and you can't do the four steps because you're going to crash into a bookcase, which I totally did the first time I, I threw one. Um, knocked a bunch of shit off. Which is funny, right? Like, it's a, it's a neat part of the story. It was fun. I, I went to my Conquer avatar a bit in just to see how that worked, and he's so damn short that I had to, like, hop on a chair to get up to grab the ball. <laughs> so, like, I had to do some platforming to even get the tools to play. God damn, I can't use that avatar. It, it's too short. It makes me sick. <laughs> just can't. Yeah, it's funny that being close to the ground actually makes you, like, feel ill. Yeah. But it's okay. I got my really cool, uh, my really cool wolf avatar. That I've been using my little rocker chick wolf. That's totally not embarrassing. I think I have more embarrassing stuff, so you're probably okay. I loved it when Joe went to like girl version of Tails on a stripper pole. And then oh, and then I yeah. really started throwing money at him. The avatar is funny. Like that was really, really funny. Um, uh, what did we do after that? We went to uh, we went to the dungeons thing, right? The the dungeon. That's crawler? right. That was cute. That was fucking awesome. It was actually like a functional dungeon crawler with classes. Yeah, and like an attack rotation and like like actual gameplay that felt fairly well done. It's, I mean, for free especially. Like it wasn't probably perfect, you know, as, or as you know, video game frictive as you'd maybe want it to be. But goddamn, I had so much fun there. Like you, you pick a class, and I picked the archer, and then it was just like, okay, hold the ball out, pull the arrow back, let go. And it's like, holy shit, like, I have to actually shoot the bow to shoot the bow. That is amazing. And then I hit a button, I could change, like, what magic spell was on the arrows. And so now I had to figure out, okay, what's the best way to shoot these to maximize damage? Because, okay, you start with poison, and then you go to electric. That, like, stuns them a bit, and you shoot two fire arrows, and you just basically keep repeating the process. And, uh, yeah, that was really, really cool. And also, like, it's kind of satisfying that you have to aim with the arrow. You you know, you could get your your electric arrow and you want to stun the boss before it does the attack. So it's like, don't miss. And so it becomes satisfying, even though it's very basic. Yeah. It's like a good feeling to pull it off right. And I think I think that it, it it's that immersion of, like, you physically needing to do it in because you're in VR. Like, if it was just pushing a button, you'd be like, well, this sucks. This, this game is, is bad. But because... 
you're fully acting out the motion. It is like the coolest thing ever. And I really want to go back there and try the other characters. Yeah, that's the other thing is that even when we were done, it's kind of like, well, I could do that again. I probably would have, but it was like 1030. And I was like, shit, I need to shower and go to bed. Yeah. Um, we were actually playing last night and it, it was like, I don't know what happened. One of us said, what time is it? And we were all shocked at how late it was. Yeah, Joe said you start. He started kind of earlier, like around tenish, and it sounds like you were in that for quite a few hours. Yeah, it was it was weird actually, because normally I kind of like I feel tired after an hour. Like I'll yeah. just kind of like I'm feeling it, you know. One more thing, uh, and maybe I say that a couple more times. But this is like I checked my clock and it's like, whoa, no way, that's wrong. Um, but yeah, that little dungeon crawler was fun. I liked playing the sword guy. You actually want to do, like, melee combos, and that builds up your meter, and you get, like, a stronger attack. So it's kind of fun, like, planning out, like, I'm going to hit this guy five times, and then, you know, spend all that on this other guy real quick. Sure. And it was rewarding to, like, swing the sword around. Yeah, and I like that we took, like, a a dumb picture at the end of, like, a battle pose. Like, it just felt... There's something that, like, kind of, like, magical about it that I haven't... That it reminded me of, like, playing games as a kid, right? Or, like first time playing World of Warcraft and like you defeat a boss with a bunch of people and you're like this was crazy because I remember when I was in my first guild and we were like going through Kara like if our first time ever like, when we beat a boss we would screenshot it like we'd all get together over its corpse and be like okay we're gonna take a guild picture and it it was cool because it was all our first times or like our second you know we're really new and this it, it was like that again and I thought I would be too jaded for that kind of shit but I was, you know, like, it was, it was, it was cool. I can't fucking talk. Words are so hard tonight. It really did feel like the first time playing an MMO, though. Because it's like, you don't have that many tools to work with. And it still felt like, <laughs> were you there when all the, the, um, skeleton servants broke out of jail? Yeah. It was startling. It was. Because... And Joe, like, had to tank them all. And I'm, like, backing up, backing up, trying yeah. to shoot my electric arrows they... to stun them. Yeah, so up to this point in the game, there's normally, like, a room with two skeletons in it. And you get to the room where there's three skeletons in it. And it's like, okay. And we're walking down a hallway, and there's, like, eight skeletons locked up in jail. And it's like, well, this is interesting. And we're walking past it, and then halfway through the room, all of them came out and attacked us at once. So it's like, we're surrounded. And Renoki's like, trying to heal us. And, and you're backing up and trying to, like, <laughs> you're trying to, like, pick them off like Legolas while you're running backwards upstairs. Yeah. And it's like, this is kind of neat. <laughs> it was really cool. And I would love, like, like it's such a great proof of concept, right? And it's like, okay, VR really can go places if, if, if companies devote the time and the money for it and the resources. Because, like, I would love a really good version of that. And I know there are games that are good. Like, Joe, like, swears by uh, Boneworks and uh, Half-Life Alex as, like, really great immersive games you can play and you have to mime out a lot of the movements and stuff and it's like you're actually doing it and just playing that stupid dungeon crawler in vr chat is like yeah i really should probably pick up like half-life alex and boneworks i think i would really like them and i'm certainly getting more vr legs like i we played for a good hour and a half that night and i you know didn't fall over and vomit so that was cool uh i do have like a like there's a kind of decompression period you take the headset off and it's just like my eyes feel fucking weird (laughs) Yeah, you can overdo it for sure. Um, you kind of it. It takes like a little bit of training to get your head around like what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where it's no longer a big deal to just throw the helmet on and off. But there was a point when this is new where it's kind of like, 
okay, I am like carving time out of my day where I am rearranging my furniture. I'm getting all my settings set up. I'm testing stuff. I'm running it for a bit and I'm allowing time to decompress afterwards. Now it's not a chore to do it, but it did yeah. take like warming up to it a bit. And I know Joe had that too. Just like he needed to play enough to get acclimated. I'm lo- so, locked this trailer you sent me. Yeah, that's a that's a like MMO VR game. Honestly, this trailer is not good. No, it, this came out a while ago. Um, but it's like people are interested in the idea. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I so I'd like to see more stuff. Um, we found another world that was interesting, and I didn't bother to share it with you. But I thought I might talk a little bit. Um, you make your own roller coaster. Oh yeah, Joe, you mentioned this once, I think, last week, and then Joe was actually talking about this. Uh, okay, today. yeah. He's like, dude, we went to this place. <laughs> I see. I knew Joe would love it. It sounds really fun. I definitely want to try it. You could, you could probably have fun building the track, and then just not riding it. Yeah, because um, I, I get dizzy with that stuff too. But what I found was there's actually a camera mode tied to the car. So I, you know, like I would be, I was operating it. Renoki and Joe would get on it. And then I was controlling the speed to make sure they could make the hurdles while I'm like watching in third person. And so I didn't get dizzy. Sure. And it was, even that was satisfying to watch it like circle around the city and do stuff. I know Joe and myself, we were having kind of a conversation once about like what kind of fun games would be for VR. And I was like, what if they did Surgeon Simulator in VR, but made it, like, really realistic looking? Like, how fucked up would that be? That would be like, actually cutting open bodies, and it's, like, bleeding and shit. Like, oh my god. You would get... You would just disgust people. And it's like, wow, doctors actually do this, like, as a job. I think regular Surgeon Simulator is, like, too gross for me to play in VR. I don't know. Anything like, like, you're building it, and it just, like... Like, imagine playing, like, an RTS in VR, but you're, like, reaching down and moving the units with your hand. You're, like, you're staring over the board like you're a god. Like, even something like that could be kind of cool, just because it's just a different way to look at something like a game. And I think that new perspective would add a lot of uh, depth to it. Did you ever see Moss? No. Um, Moss. Uh, So this was a cute game. I actually really enjoyed it. It was, like, a little... I'm going to call it like a baby Zelda game. Like it's a little adventure thing where you have a sword. That's about it. But the entire thing was like from the perspective of storybook. Um, So there's like a book in front of you and you have to grab the page and turn it. Oh. And that, and then it would like, you'd get sucked into it and it's third person while you're watching a mouse. And it's this cute little mouse on an adventure through the woods. And it was all very charming, but it looked really good. And it also did not have to be in VR, but they kind of like, they frame it around the idea that you're a spirit watching over this little adventurer. Oh, that's cute. So it makes you feel important to be there watching over like a guardian angel. I like the, uh, the mouse is a very cute little, little character. Yeah, it's a good design. Um, she has a little like sword that's made out of grass. I like the gauntlet is like a leaf wrapped around her arm. Yeah. Like, that's really adorable. That is such great character design. It's This is a really good game. Of how um, big her ears are, too. Like, she just really wanted to give her a little, little hug. Yeah, and the gameplay was fun. It was actually, like, a little... I, I would lose some fights because I wasn't paying attention close enough. Sure. 
Um, it's a it's a very interesting kind of thing because again, this doesn't have to be in VR. Uh, right. Do you remember Lucky's Tale? Ah, uh, yes. That was another like attempt to be a a mascot platformer, and it's like you play it in VR for no reason. And then, like, they're releasing a version of Lucky's Tale that doesn't have VR because the other one didn't sell so good. And it's like, yeah, it, it, you can't necessarily force it. I'm glad Moss got received well, but it's like Lucky's had to start over. Sure. That snake at the end is great just because, like, it's to scale, right? And it's like, oh, my God, a snake, if you were a mouse, would be just the worst thing ever. Like, there'd be, like, this... You, I don't know how you do it. I mean, they, they don't have, like, the mental capacity to, to really, like, deal with, like, human wood. They just get eaten. Um, but, that you know, that I like that. That's cool. I, w- I would like to play... That's the, one of the things VR can do really well is, is is scale because you're there and you feel like you're there. And if you see something huge, you're like, holy shit, I literally have to look up to see it. Yeah, isn't that kind of an interesting feeling? <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the fun of that little roller coaster thing is you see this model of the city, but when you actually get down into the city, it feels like, oh, this is a full size like building. Oh, it doesn't look like Joe got a PS5. Yeah, they're really hard to get because the uh, bots are in full force. Yeah, it's funny, too, because I think someone posted like a, a screenshot of some guy has like a bunch of them in his house and he's selling them for like nine hundred dollars each on eBay. And what's weird about that is, like, there, I feel like there's not actually that much inspiration to get a new console right now. Well, that's the thing. Like, he wants to play Demon Souls, and eventually, like, he'll get to. But it's also, that's a game he's played before. Like, it's yeah, not... Yeah, she hasn't played that one. It, but, I mean, it's out. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's not like this is Demon Souls 2, and we've been waiting 10 years for it to come out. It's like an HD remake that... Uh, for some people, they're complaining that it's actually boring because they already know how to beat everything. That's funny. So it's kind of like, you know, after playing... uh, what, What's the other one? Dark Souls 3. I didn't realize how easy Demon's Souls was. I'm already done with it. Because it's like they've been doing speedruns on Twitch for the past five years. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, I already know how to do this. <laughs> like, set in that, like, oh. Oh. Um, I don't know. I... <sighs> I'm annoyed. The new Xbox controller is so nice. Is it? The buttons feel so good. The sticks feel good. It's like, oh, this would be perfect for my, for my PC. You know, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. even want the Xbox. I might get the controller just for my computer. It doesn't have a gyroscope yeah. in it. I'm so disinterested in the new consoles right now, and I kind of was with the last one, but it's like, it always takes at least a year for games worth playing to come out. Like, I don't know why... I mean, I, I guess I do know why, but I, I, I personally just would never early adopt a console anymore. It's just never worth it for at least a year, year and a half. It's also, I don't know how to put it. Um, there's a weird, there's a weirdness in like the new Xbox. One of the big selling points is when you boot it up, you go to your library thing, and there's all your Xbox One games, and it's kind of like, oh, well, that's on the Xbox One right now. <laughs> and I like the convenience of how smooth the transition is. But, you know, it's like, it's not quite the same as a new Halo game. Right. Uh, It's not quite the same as, like, I was super impressed that the PlayStation 4 recorded video. Like, I could push a button on the controller and it would save everything I was just doing. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. 
there's no like feature like that. You know, nothing nothing about it is a game changer. It's just literally like, look at these improved load times. Like, okay. The other thing too, um, I, I feel like there was reports already that like the Xbox, the new one, is like has design flaws and it's like starting on fire. No, the the PlayStation. Was that the PlayStation that was was doing that? Yeah, the, there's a guy. He was the first person to get a PlayStation Four, and he was also the first person to get a PlayStation Five. And his PlayStation Five already broke. Oh wow! Um, I thought I, I saw a screen of like smoke rising out of the top of the, of the new Xbox. Oh, so you know how there's like all those holes? Like there's like a huge vent system in it. Yeah. So it's this. It's this like a uh, TikTok joke where you you blow your vape pen in there and turn it on. Oh. And puffs of, of vape will come out. So it's like, look, my Xbox is red ring like crazy. Like, comment, and subscribe. Okay. That's got to be really bad, like, for the companies, because my immediate thought was, oh, shit, that thing is on fire. I don't want to get one of those. Well, they burst into flames. So I'm assuming you didn't see Microsoft's official statement, but they said, uh, we shouldn't have to say this, but please do not put your vape pens inside of the console. <laughs> and, like, well, someone posted the gif of, like, Homer Simpson going, like, look, they made a rule because of me. Well, that reminds me of uh, when, like, Tide Pods, right, and, and, and like, that company was like, hey, please do not eat these. They're cleaners for your clothes. Like, we shouldn't have to say this. I I cannot imagine having to work in the boardroom at Tide. When it's like, have you guys been on the internet? What's that Miley Cyrus up to now? No, no, no. They're eating the Tide Pods. <laughs> what? The children, they love them. Yeah, man. Was that this year or was that last year? I don't care. I don't. Yours don't make sense anymore. It's been a, it's been a bad time. Um, I, <laughs> dude, I just I just gotta laugh. <laughs> Speaking of Miley Cyrus, apparently she's working on a rock album. Okay. And uh, I think that's fucking rad, and I'm ex- I'm excited to hear whatever that is. Uh, I think she's a good singer. I think she's kind of weird. Uh. But like Wrecking Ball is a pretty good song. Like her, her vocally, anyway, she does a good job with it. I want to see what she can do with other genres of music. I think it's only a net positive because it's good and you get it, or it's not good and you just don't listen to it again. Like you don't you don't lose anything other than forty minutes if you don't like it. And there are people that are fucking pissed off. And she's like, I want to do like Metallica covers. And it's like, fuck yeah, why not? Metallica songs are great, and you have a neat voice. Like why not? Go at what? it, and if it's good, I'll get it. Why would someone be upset that like content's being made? I'll have none of that. And uh, in an interview, Halsey's like, I want to do a rock record. And, and she's a pop artist, and she put out an album this year that's really good. And it's like, fuck yeah, she's got a really good voice. She's got a lot of good control over her voice. Like, she's already done songs that feel like have rock inspiration. Fucking go for it. That would be amazing. And and you get some of these people who are like, I don't want her to do that. I want her to keep making this music or rock music. It's, or rock fans are like, we don't need more of this shit. Pop artists pretending they're rock artists. And it's like, no one gives a fuck about rock music. And you have two huge pop artists that are like, you know what we want to do is make rock music. It's like, literally the genre needs that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited, though. I'm hoping both of those people, like, actually follow through because I want I want to hear what they can do. Well, yeah. I, um, one more VR thing. Last night, me and Joe were finding um, music stages. Oh. And there's a bunch of very interesting places just to, like, film music videos, if you want. You know what would be fun is, like, if I did a song and we filmed a music video in VR? 
we could actually do that. Um, I feel like you could probably find an interesting location that sits the mood of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's also like trippy After Effects areas. Um, I sent you a, a couple pictures. Hello. Um, and it's like, oh, I'm immediately getting all these ideas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish it didn't. It, the problem is, is of course, it takes so long to do anything worthwhile with music. But yeah, this would be really fun to do. I've I've been having kind of like internal conversations and stuff where like I wanted to remix and remaster my first album because the Mac mix and master on that is rough and I've gotten better. But then it's like my YouTube channel is literally that album and two other songs and that's it. And it's like, do I two years later do I just release the same thing again but better or should I just start working on new music and then like four or five years down the line be like, hey, I'm gonna remaster this now. I actually know what I'm doing, and I'm. I go back and forth like every other week on what to do because re-releasing it is easy because most of it's already done for me. I just have to change some presets around and the guitar sounds better. But I feel like it's not going to get new people to care about anything I make and it's really just my own bruised ego being like, God, I, I the first time I really did this, I did a bad job. No shit, you have to start somewhere. Whereas if I make something new... Like, at least I get the, the, the endorphins going out of, like, the, you know, I get to make new music. That's fun. So I don't know. I still don't have it figured out yet, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards composing again next year. And it's like, I should just write some more music. Well, I mean, if you if you want help filming a music video. Well, that's the thing, though, because, like, I want to collab with people just because it's fun. And I know how people are talented. Like, I would, I still think I could get you involved in a song. And I was thinking, because you have one of those, like, thumb pianos, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, those have a really neat sound. I really like those. They're very moody. I think if you played just, like, dissonant notes to some kind of metronome so you're on on beat, but, like, you could play something kind of moody, just one note at a time, two notes at a time. Like, it doesn't have to be complicated. I could use that easily in a song, like, as an intro or an outro or just, like, a, a part of a bridge, like... You know, because we've talked about, like, doing music together and what can we do, what can we do, and maybe overcomplicating things. Um, there, there's there's options, right? Like, you could take that, you play a couple notes, I throw a delay on them, so it just keeps playing them over and over and over again. Like, You know, that's not a bad idea to use that as an intro. Yeah, I think that would be I, cool. I actually kind of like that idea. So, I'm, I'm, I have a song I want to write, and I kind of know what I want to do with it, and then... I have you and Joe I can collab with easier than most people because we're friends and my brother lives with me, right? Like, like it's that's easy to work with. I get better at that. You know, we do three songs, okay. Then I can start branching out to other people or just maybe working again by myself. You know, whatever whatever feels right. But I, I do want to get some people involved and, and just, like, I would love to work with Thomas, who's a really a online friend of mine who's really great with guitar. It'd be great to have him help write a song. Uh, your brother would be awesome to work with just because he's a really good guitar player, though he's got the baby now, so I'm guessing he doesn't have a lot of time for guitar. But You know what's funny with him? I mean, it's true, he doesn't have a lot of time right now, but he cranks stuff out so fast mm-hmm. that also I feel like if you gave him an hour, he would fart out something that you would use. Yeah. Because fuck him. So, I'm thinking... I don't know. I got to, I have to figure out what next year is going to be like, but I do want to try uh, and start something. Has he has he shown you all of his guitar pedals? He showed me some. It's like he has so many that some of them he actually uses in tandem because the effects complement each other. And it's like he does he pulls off these amazing sounds where it's like, "Wow, 
what are you going to do with this? He's like, I'm bored. I took up arting now. And he like drew a tree that's better, <laughs> that's better than any tree I ever drew. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. I remember when I was working on that Kesha song, which I do want to return to and finish. I was going to have him do a uh, guitar during the second verse. And he sent me something. And he's like, I'm still working on it. And it's like, I could use this, what you sent me. Like, if you sent me a higher quality recording of it or just a higher quality audio file, like, it's fine. It works. It, it It's interesting. It's moody. It's not quite as fast as I want, but who gives a shit? Like, I kind of told you to write something and you did. Like, those are the, are the parameters of a bad director. <laughs> but, it, you know, totally usable. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's very uh, good at what he does. I would like to work with him more on stuff. And Jean Luc too, who can play the trumpet. Like that would be fun to like. Hey Jean, play do some doot to doots in a in a metal song for me. That'd be cool. Yay! No idea how he would record it. I don't know how to mix a trumpet at all. Worth a shit, but future me's problem. Well, I didn't realize how fast time blew by again. Yeah, this was actually a. I, we, before we started this, we were like, do we actually want to do this? Because I don't know if we're feeling it, and I'm, this was actually kind of a fun conversation. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I don't know if people will like it. I always come away from this podcast quick. No idea if this is good or not, but at least we had fun. I hope the fun is contagious. Yeah. Um. How about a glad space? Do you want to close out with some happy thoughts? Yeah, I was thinking this morning. I was like, what the fuck is my glad space this week? Um, And I feel like the the easy one is that I don't have to work tomorrow. And I'm really glad about that. Like just yeah, taking just vacation a, when you need it, like take a day for yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened this year. Right now, I have like ninety-two vacation hours, and it's like, oh, I I didn't take any days off this year, did I? That happened again. I'm at one hundred and twenty, which is one, also one of the reasons why I took a day off. Yeah, it's that's time to start spending them. Yup. Yeah. But that is good. I hope you have fun tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Renoki sent me a video that I think you may have seen already from Midwinter Minis. Oh, hell yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, is that's a good channel. So this is how he makes terrain. And I was thinking you could maybe do this just for like backdrops. Oh yeah, I've I've seen I think I have seen this one. Wait, just like the techniques he uses to polish up styrofoam. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really not labor intensive. It just have to, you have to do what you're doing with intent, mm-hmm. but it does not like, <laughs> he says it's easy and then he shows you and it actually is easy. Like, it's just weird. A lot of it comes down to like, just how you paint it. Right. Because that sells it so much. Like he'll be making like bases for as many. He's like, Oh, I glued this on and this on. And it's like, that looks stupid. And then he spray paints it all black and you're like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. The, one of the techniques in this video is he like in the primer he just mixed in flour and it's like what but that just gives it this crummy texture that looks like uh cement Mm -hmm. at scale like it's weird how he just plasters on this ugly gray and then he spray paints over it and it's like yeah you're done Uh, oh okay (laughs) it doesn't even look like styrofoam in some parts you know yeah there's another one um, I can't, I think I've mentioned Goobertown Hobbies before, but he's also a mini painter. And, uh, his is fun because he's got a slightly different tone to his. It's a little more, like, fun and random. Like, he'll play, like, a dice game where he rolls dice to see what colors he should pick and, like, what kind of theme. And, and he, 
he he has slightly different techniques too to how he approaches painting, but they're still pretty like new person friendly. Like I've learned a decent amount from him as well. So like, there's there's a lot of really good mini painting channels. Um, Midwinter Minis is probably my favorite. I think I like the, the length of his videos. They're just very digestible. Uh, but Goobertown Hobbies is he's just like a fun dude. Like it is so nice to relax and just like watch him paint like goblins and stuff because he does more than just Warhammer. He does a lot of fantasy stuff, and so you get a bigger variety, which is fun. So. He was good. He was the second option for my glad space. That's also a good one, though. Um, my glad space is hell of a bus. Did you did you see that? That was the uh, the Vizzy Pop. Yeah. I don't actually think I didn't watch it. I saw it show up and I was like, oh, she did another one. Yeah. So like episode one came out on Halloween. Oh wow. Uh, and it was it it was entertaining. I loved it. Nice. <laughs> it was um. I think the pilot is perfect. I think it's like episode one feels less like a pilot and more like it's functional for a show in the sense that, oh, they could keep doing these and it would be fine. Um, They changed Millie's voice a bit. And I I think everyone like notices it right away and they get over it very quickly, which is hard to do with a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, Now she has a really thick southern accent for no reason. Oh, that's weird. But I think it's to give her more of a unique identity because she's almost forgettable in the pilot. Um, like she has the least character voice. She's like very, very normal, I guess. Huh. I'll think of that a watch. But um, I, I, I think the change is okay. Other than that, they didn't change anything, and it's all very, it's very much the same. Like. Uh, the comedic timing and the editing is very solid. That's good. Um, it feels like what I want out of it when I saw that when I saw there was a new episode. It's like oh, I hope they don't mess up, and they didn't. That's all I want, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, hell of a boss. If anyone out there hasn't seen that, watch the pilot, and now you can look forward to episode one after the pilot. <laughs> There's two of them now. It's great. Nice. She's she's cool. I well, I've never met her, but her stuff is generally like worth looking at just which is cool especially when it's free yeah i'm i was a little surprised to see hell of a boss go up on her channel because i expected it to go up on like hulu or something well that's what the first one felt like it was more of a uh kind of a public pitch right like yeah a proof of concept pitch so it's like oh is i don't know is there a patreon is there income on this because it's like Watching it also left me feeling guilty. Where it's like, is this is this right? Because <laughs> I don't know. Did you see? Um, I'm sure you heard, but Adult Swim like canceled Venture Brothers. Yeah. But then like some of the other shows they greenlit, it's like, oh, you you canceled Venture Brothers. I think Venture Brothers was expensive to make. That was like I, a big reason. And I do I do understand that, but you're gonna invest in shows that will not make you any money at all. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like Venture Brothers is like one of the best written cartoons. It was like running where it was running, like, but just kind of like if I was doing a top five cartoons, like I would really consider putting that on there. Like it is amazing, and uh, it honestly, I would, uh, I would be tempted to put it at my number one. I'm not sure it would settle there if I reflect long enough, but it's mm-hmm. like it's definite candidate. Yeah, and I, I know even like because it wasn't Adult Swim's like decision. It was like. Time Warners or whatever, because like Adult Swim, like their kind of official things were like 
yeah, this, we're not, you know, they weren't exactly happy about it. They're just like, we're trying to find other ways to continue the story. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a year from now, IDW is doing Venture Brothers comics to at least wrap it up a bit. But it's definitely not going to be the same. Well, the point's to end on a happy thought, and we missed that up. Oh. Yeah, because I was going to start bitching about the Rick and Morty comics, too, by IDW. Because I read a couple of those, and they weren't very good. <laughs> Did you read the the Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons comics? No. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I'm almost done with Owl House, and then I'll probably start Lower Decks and actually try to finish that so we can talk about that. Oh, Renoki just got into that. We ended up watching, like, four episodes the other night. Nice. Um, I, I I like that show. You're gonna have to give me the uh, CBS info again because I definitely don't remember it. Okay, you didn't just save the password when you logged Actually, in. Actually, I might have just saved the password. Is it just CBS.com? It yeah. If not, I will. I'll send it your way. Sign in. Nope, it didn't save it. God damn it. Okay. Um, I yeah, I like Lower Decks. I honestly, if you do watch it, uh, we could probably talk more about that too. Yeah, I. I'll probably only do, like, an episode a day, maybe two if I'm lucky, but, so, it'll take me a bit to burn through, like, two seasons, but... Well, I mean, I, I think there's a total of eight episodes. Oh, okay. Well, then we we should be good. Yeah. Um, but there was, like, one of the episodes Renoki was watching, I noticed something <laughs> that I missed the first time, where, like, they're, they're transporting a delegate to the, some, like, conference, and so, uh... Um, Boimler is like, like, oh, look at me. I got my, my dress uniform on. And he has like the long dress. Are you familiar with that one? No. I, I know that he was wearing it, but for some reason it didn't click on me that it's that really funny Picard dress picture. Oh. Um, you've seen that uniform, right? Where it's like, he's doing like official work. So he has to wear a dress. I think I have seen that. It's like this weird uniform that I feel like it's supposed to look formal, but it kind of looks like they did not give their costume department time to make an actual outfit. Yeah. And so they're like, well, just make it long. Just do the shirt, but cut it long and we'll call it a dress. I think the proof of concept was like maybe like kind of like a robe, like like Sith or your Jedi or something, you know, something aboard or or not. No, no, no. Like a. Like, an Illuminati thing, right? Like, I think it should have went all the way down, but then it just would have looked like a maxi dress, so that it still wouldn't have worked. Like, it, it needs a hood or something. Well, I think I think what it really needs is to just not have the, the same design as the uniform shirt. That would help. Like, that top part is exactly the same. So it's like, <laughs> well, it just, it looks like a modified shirt less than an actual, like, uniform that you're presenting. Yeah. So just like they drew attention to that in the show and it made me laugh the second time watching it because it's like, wow, I I can't believe I missed that the first time because it's actually kind of funny that they they dedicate to some of these details so well. Have you been watching The Mandalorian? Nope. That's okay. But we do have Disney Plus. Or the My parents got the Disney Plus thing, so we could actually watch that. I like The Mandalorian. Um, I don't know. I wonder if you would like um, Owl House, because it's been very, very entertaining. There are elements of Harry Potter, there are elements of, like, kind of the, uh, maybe a little bit of, like, Steven Universe. Um, you know, that's why I didn't watch it. I think it came out too close to Steven Universe, and it's like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. Sure. Um, I've heard good things, and also it's literally animated better. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's an issue that keeps me from watching it. 
Um, but also like, uh, I saw the ending and it's like, oh, you know, they did interesting stuff with this. That's neat. But I also kind of feel like, yeah, I've seen enough of it. So I I haven't given it a fair shake yet. The, I think the pilot is like one of the strongest pilots for a thing I've ever seen. Like the pilot is really, really good. But I, I've been really enjoying it. I got two episodes left. I guess there's a really cool fight scene in the next one, so hopefully I'll get to that tonight. Um, you know what was a good pilot was the Star Trek pilot. Oh yeah, he's um, good at flying that ship. He got a he had to do the thing where they like they, they changed the captain. And it's like it's kind of weird because I feel like the guy in the pilot could have carried the show. And so it's just like you get this weird parallel universe feeling where it's like, man, if they just stayed with this guy and never hard Shatner. Oh. Like Star Trek would be very different. Yeah. Um, but also it wouldn't be that different. Like if you ever go to a parallel universe, check Star Trek and you'll probably see like a couple things slightly off, but it won't actually be that different of a show. It's a really funny like thing to do or like how to test if you're in a parallel universe. I see who's, who's doing the Star Trek. Exactly. It's like a weird, um, it's like one of those things where in a movie you would see that in the background and it would be like a subtle hint if you pick it up, but you probably won't. That could be a fun like idea for an episode maybe, but it involve thinking is like just uh, ways to tell you're in a parallel universe. I know one would be um, in Star Wars. I feel like in the parallel universe of Force Awakens, Finn would become a Jedi. Yeah, and not not in place of Rey, but it's like he would also become a Jedi, and like maybe he's not as good at it, and he gets frustrated or something, and that's something they explore. But it's like I feel like that story could have easily bled into that, and it just didn't. So it's like I bet that's one of those splinters in another universe. I still I cannot believe how how they handled that show or that that movie series where it's just like they had. No idea what they were doing. It's like, oh, we'll just get different directors to do different things and hope it works out. And it's like, that's stupid. Why? I, I even liked more of the movies than I hated, right? Like, I enjoyed all three to one degree or another. Yeah, I I thought Force Awakens was actually perfect for what it was. Like, mm-hmm. what the role that that movie was serving, I thought, okay, they did a good job. But now it's on the next movie to make it its own. And it's like it's kind of weird how they stumbled a bit and they didn't make a coherent thing since the Marvel movies really hang on the coherence. Yeah. So that's something Disney should understand, right? We, we've talked about this. We've talked about mm-hmm. the death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's just... it's just, uh, the, Someone's going to write, like, a, a thesis about that, like, ten years from now. Or ten days from now. I mean, let's face it, the internet moves things pretty fast. But we're on hour 15. Do we want to say goodbye? Yeah, look, here's Captain Pike, um, but after the accident, he's in a space wheelchair. Oh, he is in a space wheelchair. And all he can do is beep. Oh, is that where that joke comes from in, uh... In, in Futurama? I was gonna say South Park. Yeah, South Park also. No, he, like, in the show, it's really dramatic that he, like, wheels in, and there's, like, a little Christmas light that, that like, blinks once for yes and twice for no. Because mm-hmm. he has, like, complete paralysis. Um, and it's like that episode was funny because they recycled the pilot where like the whole episode is there's like a weird complicated court martial 
And so they have to review this case with Captain Pike when he was serving on the Enterprise. And so it's like they wheel him in and force him to watch the pilot he was on on the view screen. Because oh, really? they never like they never aired the pilot on TV like after that one time, so they're like, "Oh, we could just use it. this as a full episode." That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's close it out. I hope everyone out there is having a nice time, decompressing. Yeah. The holidays are around the corner. That's its own stress. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> That's a women problem. <laughs> I just watch football. <laughs> Oh, I hate how accurate that kind of is, like, if I think with my family and, like, who's helping in the kitchen and who is watching football. Oh, that's funny. It That's actually, like, not accurate to me, which is what makes it funny to me. Well, I live in the Midwest where, where things are a little more behind. Well, behind or in front? Oh, mm. I made you think. Yeah, you did. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm drinking tonight and Chad's not. What is this, a parallel universe? <laughs> Oh, uh, we found another one to look for. Um, but this is sincerely, I love you. Kisses. Bye, everybody. Bye.